0: Terms and conditions apply.
1: Hey, it's Covino and Rich. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast reshipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Rettestein Pinza
2: AT. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes and suspension,
1: just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive. Go to tirerack.com/sports. That's tirerack.com/sports. tirerack.com. The way tire buying should be.
0: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast. Is going on a road trip. I thought in
3: that moment, oh my god, we've summoned something from this board.
0: This is Uncanny USA.
3: He says,
4: somebody's in the house, and I screamed.
0: Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
5: <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the Alarm. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. at and
0: You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Sports Radio. Radio.
5: This is
0: Straight out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I the future. I the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell.
3: You heard it. I'm R.J. live, coast to coast, 6 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock here in Las Vegas. Action-packed, post-Final Four being set Monday For you, we got the right people, pros who know Brad Powers, all the college knowledge. He'll be taking a bow with his monster Duke Bat. I hope he keeps some of that money for me. (laughs) We'll be talking about that too. He's in a bad spot. You know, I was on New York radio and uh, we had a bracket contest, me against one of the shows there, and uh. He goes, well, if Gonzaga wins and this happens and this happens, we got you. Otherwise, you probably got us. You go. that's the way it is with me. You're drawn to an inside straight. That's just the starting point. Brad, would, that sounds about fair? Yeah. Oh, yeah. With our bet? Yeah. You're drawn yeah. to an inside straight. Also, Steve Fezzik, NBA expert, gambler extraordinaire. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. My personal promise, we will deliver the Vegas truth to you. You can't have pros without Joes. He is Jonas Knox.
6: Always good to be here, RJ, on an action packed Monday here on Straight Out of Vegas. And we start in college basketball where the NCAA tournament and the final four is set. It's Virginia, it's Auburn, it's Michigan State, and it's Texas Tech. But the team that is not appearing in the final four is the team we start out with here. And that would be the tournament favorite, the Duke Blue Devils. Yeah. And I got to be honest with you.
3: I have my choice pretty much, not in every case, but I have, I'm almost like pregame.com straight out of Vegas. We're like the Yankees. We can't get every player we want, but we get most of them that we want. And well, it makes sense, right? I mean, if you look at the only show straight out of Vegas, that's on any major national syndicated network that, d- that deals with gambling. So if you're a college basketball expert, are you going to want to be on some show that has 13 people listening or some show that has 200 stations on a major network, right? Do the math. So obviously Brad's my guy when it comes to college, I got to tell you, you were so far ahead, Brad, with this Duke stuff. And not just because they lost, right? Because favorites lose all the time. Better teams lose all the time. I don't think Duke was the better team, but it happens. You can't just say, oh, you know, Patriots lost that game. That must mean Pittsburgh was better. I don't know. Individual games have their quirks. But the thing that Brad uncovered First guy I heard say it, and let's say it one more time because it bears repeating, was the stat on three-point shooting.
7: Yeah, Duke as a team hits only about 30% of their three-point attempts. If Duke were to make the final four hitting just 30%, Duke would have been the first team ever, ever, forget the championship, ever to make the Final Four, hitting such a low percentage from three. And we've made the case, RJ. The three-point shot is valued, probably 10 times more valuable than what it was 10, 15, 20 years ago. And all those teams still had a better three-point shooting performance as a team than what Duke did this year. And to me, that's the story. Duke probably had the best
3: team. Meaning, if you had a computer program and you said, okay, what is the average player in college basketball or what's the average player for an NCAA tournament team, however you went about it, and said, what's the differential of Zion? What's the difference between the average player and Zion? What's the differential between the next player, RJ Barrett, the next player, et cetera, et cetera? Duke was probably best. And if this game were played in 2009, Instead of 2019, I think Duke wins against Michigan State. I think Duke wins the title, to be candid. So let's pull the stats up. But if I remember correctly, and I'm just going by memory, and I could be wrong about this, I think Duke made seven three-pointers. You're right. Is that right? Okay. Now, what's the average team make uh, in college basketball today? Three-pointers made. The seven's about about right, RJ. Okay, so seven's on average, yeah. which implies average means you're a five hundred team. Yep. So literally, if Duke makes three additional three pointers, I'm not saying three additional equals nine points. I mean three additional three pointers instead of two pointers. You've got a plus three, and you've got a probably a pretty easy, not an easy, but a clear end of the game. Duke big advantage. This is what we're talking about. This wasn't about Zion. This wasn't about Coach K. It's really an extension of the Villanova story. Who expected Villanova to win last year? Not that they were some
7: crazy long shot, but why did Villanova win? Not only win, but dominate. I mean, they were one of the best three-point shooting teams ever in college basketball. And I
3: think that we're not quite saying enough when we say best three-point shooting teams. I think they, they play modern, golden and not even modern, let's call it Golden State basketball. And to me, pre-Golden State basketball, even with the three-pointer mattering a lot five years ago, six years ago, Villanova has zero titles probably. I agree. Unless somehow Villanova, Villanova would have innovated it themselves, but let's assume that's not the case. And I think this Duke team dominates and wins cleanly this tournament pre-Golden State basketball. Yep. And to me, and I'm going to throw this out for conversation, R.J. Bell straight out of Vegas breaking down first what happened to Duke and then the rest of the Final Four. I'd make the case that the way the game is played today is very different than pre-Golden State. And if you're handicapping without an eye towards that,
4: you're making a monster mistake. Thoughts? I agree. I mean, even in the NBA, we are seeing who are the best teams, which teams are improving the most, the teams that are embracing this whole. Milwaukee's a good example. Milwaukee shot like 25% from three last year. This year they're shooting like 40%. Did they get to be a much
3: much better three-point shooting team? Or was the offense
4: different, allowing for for those shots in a better way? Well, it was the same players, but Budenholzer went ahead and ran plays and incorporated basically the Which emphasis. Which makes the case,
3: same player,
4: what's changing is the scheme. Right, and we'll take threes early on in the 24-point second clock as opposed to, oh, it's an afterthought. we got to chuck one up with time expiring. So
3: that's my question. Why wasn't the fact that Duke might have been the best or one of the five best Non, you know, my the question I've been asking all weekend is what would the line be Duke Michigan State if they replayed the game without the three-point line? If they just wiped it out and said, It's 1986, baby. <laughs> Patrick Dempsey can't buy me love, whatever's going on. <laughs> Springsteen, <laughs> right off of born USA. Is it, What's Duke? Is Duke a six-point favor, or are they a seven-point favor? What is the line Duke versus Michigan State without a three-point line? first number that came to my mind was five. Fez? Four What came to my mind. Boy, so you just think it's a—and the, and the line in the game itself was what, two and a half? Yes. Boy, that doesn't seem sufficient at all. So you think the difference in, in, in Duke being the worst three-point shooting team they would have been to ever make the final four— and completely eliminating that problem, I'd almost make the case, other than three-point shooting, Duke's about as good a team we've seen this century.
4: Five sounds like a better number than four.
3: Yeah. So, boy, oh, boy, not only, I just wonder why we didn't see it with Duke. Now, listen, let's give, let's give some credit where some credits due. <laughs> Brad? <laughs> listen. When you make a mistake, we make it hard here. But when you do something that takes guts, being right's easy, right? I can go through and predict red, b- black, red, black, on roulette, and I'm going to be right half the time. I can take my bows. But what are you risking? That's the question. Brad had a take so hot. Fox Sports Radio <laughs> considered a press release saying that, These views are not those of Fox Sports Radio. I mean, it was an actual consideration saying that Duke wasn't all that good, that Gonzaga and Virginia were about equally good in his mind. And we were like, come on, dude, if you're going to be that hot, (laughs) cold cash over hot takes. He put over $5,000 on Duke not to win the tournament. Have you cashed it? I have not cashed it yet. Just for you, it's just sitting here. You'll get yeah, to it. I'll get to it. <laughs> now, the good news is the good news is. So let's wrap up, Duke, first. How many one and duns? I'm RJ Bell straight out of Vegas. How many one and duns do we have left in the tournament? Zero. Okay. So I heard Clay Travis right here on FSR, and I totally felt like this was like so contradictory in the moment didn't make a lot of sense to me on one hand he was talking about how bad Calipari is in Kentucky because if you look at the number one uh, first round draft choices for Kentucky and you compare them to Duke and North Carolina it was Kentucky was about equal to Duke and North Carolina together have you heard this Brad yep
7: So uh, North Carolina had like uh, North Carolina and Duke had twenty seven. I think Kentucky like twenty five, right in that range.
3: And so the theory is, if Duke and North Carolina had had an all star team, (laughs) it would have been you know like the best of those two teams would have been about the talent Kentucky had, and thus the question is, how many titles should a Kentucky won? Now, to me, to say that on the day. That there's no, now again, there's first round draft choices here, but boy, the one and done is the what Kentucky's done. All those first round, of all the first round picks that Kentucky had, not many of them went more than one year, right? So, what was it, 25 or so? There was yeah. probably 27 years worth of play, I'm guessing. yeah, It might have been more, but not much more. So, on one hand, we're saying, oh, let's bow to the altar, of one and done, that is the 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 platonic ideal. And if only we more teams could achieve that, then they'd win titles. And oh, by the way, this year, we've got four teams left, final four, and we have zero one and dones. which means, and to me, this is what I want to explore when we come back. what it means is what it takes to win in college basketball doesn't seem to be one in tons and it doesn't seem to be non three-point shooting so what i'd like to do while we're recapping what happened this weekend let's figure out what it takes to win in 2019 college basketball because oh by the way that will help us pick the games this weekend
6: that's coming up next he's rj bell i'm jonas Knox, and this is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on fox sports radio
8: now, I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: Cavino and Rich here, and whether you're headed to a campus to see some college baseball, meet up with old friends, or show off the alma mater to your kids.
2: Higher Ratings, and Consumer Reviews. And be sure to check out all their current special offers.
1: Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. I'm R.J. Bow. We are straight out of Vegas.
6: And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of minutes, we will take a closer look at the Final Four this upcoming weekend in the NCAA Tournament.
3: Each weekday, we have fun bringing the fun of Vegas straight to you. Right now on the Strip, 75 degrees, and the neon is chugging.
6: Guys, before we look ahead to the Final Four this upcoming weekend, let's look back on the Duke Blue Devils. Again, favored to win the tournament, but they are going home after a loss to Michigan State, 68-67 on Sunday. All
3: right, so I think as we talked about in the first segment of the show, three-pointers and the Golden State scheme to open up the threes, so important in the way you preview these games, predict these games in the modern era. Just real quick, highest level, Brad Powers joins all the college knowledge, pregame.com. Which team do you think is the most modern offensively of the four left?
7: I actually say it's the the team that's the biggest long shot Auburn who's now 7 to 1. They rely so heavily on the three-point shot. They're top 10 as far as three-point attempts per game and also Auburn very good at shooting the three in the top 15 as far as percentages. I would say Auburn is. Now by the way, 29
3: out of 30 years champs been a four-seater batter. So Auburn is the one team yep. that would be bucking history. Yep. But again, if there's any time history is going to get bucked, it's going to be when there's a paradigm shift, when the committee's looking at some old school. You know, that, that, think about if I would have said in 1999, where did you spend New Year's Eve, 1999, Brad? Oh, wow. I was, you can't what? remember? No, I can't. That, that means, that you, at don't home. Want, that means yeah. you don't want to tell us. No, how couldn't no, could you remember? How couldn't you remember where you spent a millennium coming in? I, I was at my parents' house. I was sixteen. Sixteen? You should have been <laughs> out and about.
4: <laughs> where were you at, Fez? Marina Del Rey. I didn't ask what geographic location. <laughs> what were you doing? I just at a party. I mean, how
3: how different would it have been if you, yeah, your own little private party? <laughs> no. If he would have said, uh, where were you says Earth. <laughs> Planet Earth. Well, anyway, if in 1999 I would have said, hey, would, do you want 10% of Walmart or do you want 10% of Amazon, right? You would have said, well, geez, I want 10% of Walmart. It would have been old thinking. It would have been outdated thinking. Is it possible we've got an Auburn team that though history says hey 29 out of 30 years four seed or better that if you really legitimately ranked auburn entering the tournament you would have said this is a four seed
7: because with the emphasis on threes this team's better than they seem absolutely and that was the thought that auburn was underseeded at 5 coming into it
4: Yeah, remember Auburn won the SEC and the feeling was that the committee really botched it not making Auburn the four seed and putting the Kansas schools in instead as four seeds. Well, I can just speak personally. If I'm going to have to change my stat to two out of 31 (laughs) years,
3: I'm going to be pretty mad if that committee messed it up that way. By the way, speaking of some other stats, since they began seeding in 1979, by the way, Pirates won the title that year, uh, World Series. And Steelers when they're fourth. We are family. That is true. Stargell. Oh, I used to do that little thing with the bat. Oh, okay. Only five of 164 Final Four teams. So in history, there's been 164 Final Four teams now. Five of them double-digit seeds. So it goes to the old Cinderella's invited, but she has a curfew. And this is the one we really preached when we were talking about our bracket... By the way, we'll get a bracket update in a second. 80% of the time, the final four includes either one or two number one seeds. So not zero, which makes sense, but not three. I think so many people have three number ones tip in their typical bracket and not four. And most people know it's not going to be four. But the idea of one or two... 28 times now in 35 years. Once again, the bracket picking rules we shared right here on Straight Out of Vegas, very profitable. Okay, assistant producer Mackie, we entered our bracket. We we made it available. It was super popular. We're getting thank yous out the wazoo. Where are we at right now? We entered it with millions of people up at ESPN.
4: 98th percentile.
3: That's pretty good, right, Brad? Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty happy. 98%. Now, by the way, we have Duke winning it. So I think this is as high as we're getting. <laughs> yeah. Let's just celebrate the 98%. <laughs> yeah. I'm R.J. Bo straight out of Vegas. Anything else on Duke? Oh, let's talk lastly about Barrett. Um, A lot of negativity from your thought of, R.J. Barrett, before the season till now, how much of a downgrade? Because it feels like people are really down on him. How much of a downgrade, Brad, do you have?
7: I don't think of any downgrade. So a guy went from being maybe the number one pick to the number two pick in the NBA draft. No downgrade for R.J. Barrett.
3: Yeah, so he, he played up to potential. No question he did. And Zion played Zion b- beyond exceeded. potential.
7: Exactly. Or, Be- or beyond expectations. Expectations were R.J. Barrett was the best player on this team, not Zion. It's not that R.J., you know, didn't live up to expectations. It's Zion far exceeded expectations entering the season.
3: So think about that. One of the best recruiting classes in history, Duke. One player far exceeded expectations. One player met expectations. And not only did they lose before the Final Four, they could have lost two other games. Yeah, could have lost in the second round. Before that. So it goes to show you the style of basketball today is being under-considered when it comes to predicting these games.
6: We'll get a closer look at the final four matchup involving the team that eliminated Duke coming up here in just a moment. Want to let you know here on straight out of Vegas, we are brought to you by Mako. You might not be able to get a new car with your tax refund, but you can make your car feel like it's brand new. All it needs is a great paint job. Come into Mako today and get your dream paint job during their tax season sales event. So the Michigan state Spartans are moving on to the final four after beating Duke. And right now Michigan state opens up as a two and a half point favorite over Texas Tech this upcoming Saturday.
3: Okay, so we talked about Duke as a team. What's our takeaway of Michigan State winning that game?
7: To be perfectly frank, if you'd have gave me this box score prior to the game, I would have thought Duke won by double digits. Duke had a better three-point shooting percentage than Michigan State in the game. Duke out-rebounded Michigan State. That is the calling card of the Michigan State program. Duke out-rebounded Michigan State by double digits and... Michigan State only hit two free throws in the entire game, and still Michigan State found a way to win. I think a lot of it speaks volumes on how good of a coaching job Tom Izzo did. So, hold on. Michigan State had how many free throws? Only made two the whole game. Two for six, RJ. And, and didn't I hear that Duke was, like, four out of nine? Well, yeah, Duke hit, hit a better uh, free throw percentage. Eight for I'm 13 say, Yeah,
3: free throws. It was eight for 13. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What I was saying was, did they make, like, it sounded like they had made, like, six free throws between them. But – like you said, so really, what you're saying is, and that's an interesting question because I always like to ask it: If Michigan State and Duke played next Saturday, everyone's healthy. You know, let's assume all the assumptions. I don't know if anyone got injured, but let's—I don't think so, right? Yep, no one got injured. What's the line? I'd make it pick. I really would. But it sounds like Michigan State had almost everything go against them, and they still won. Yeah. So how does it pick? Well, it
7: was just, they were just a two and a half
3: point. That line could be playing wrong. Yeah. It sounds like Michigan state should be favored by five or six or seven. Nah. Well, I mean, that's what I'm asking is we got this mental block about how good Duke was at Mm. this point. I just wonder if the game, I mean, let's say it one more time. The game plays about as well as it can for Duke and they still lose
7: doesn't that tell you they're clearly not an equal team? It does. Maybe I was thinking of a bookmaker's line.
4: No, no, no. I'm asking you would. All right. Michigan State favored by, would, by maybe two. What do you think, Fess? Yeah, Michigan State minus one. It's hard to get past the the fact Michigan State had a lot of bunnies right by the basket that they missed, RJ. They so that, put that, up one yeah. by
3: seven or eight. You're, you're, that that re- You're telling me all things. If you told me, if I said, hey, I just ran a six-minute mile, and you're like, well, that's pretty good. I mean from me, if you if you'd be like oh my god I'll bet you a million dollars no but you know let's say I did and I said oh by the way just got over a cold oh by the way I had some ankle weights on oh by the way I had a headwind the whole time you would think next time I run I'd run a better time right yes isn't that what is the positive thing That happened for Michigan State. It sounds like it's all positive for Duke. And Michigan State still won.
4: I understand, but as an when I make odds, I hate to overreact and make a three-point plus adjustment based on just one game.
3: But except that I think we've been wrong about Duke for so long. That's kind of the point. Fair enough. I mean, I just I I mean, in hindsight. If Duke was a blind resume and they didn't have the f- oh. that whole first, second, third best, we heard that, I heard that a year and a half ago, I think, that they were getting the top three players or something. It's like, what did they do this year that was, you know, not that they weren't a top 10 team,
4: but what did they do that separated them in any way from a Virginia? Well, they beat Kentucky by 40 points November 6th and they beat Virginia twice.
3: And, uh, uh, which is going to be an interesting segue into Virginia, that that, that, those were the only losses, correct? Yep. And isn't it interesting, Virginia, now correct me if I'm wrong, Virginia plays applauding, I know that's correct, but would you say they're the
7: least Golden State-type team left? No, they still rely quite heavily on the three. In fact, they're in top ten Virginia in three-point shooting. So so it just seems
3: counterintuitive, right? That a team yeah. loves the pace to be so slow, but
7: also loves to take a lot of threes. They make them until recently in the NCAA tournament. All right. In just a minute, we're going to, um, you know,
6: actually, quick thought, Jonas. And didn't we do the same thing with the L.A. Rams and Alabama during the football season early on? Where we talked about historically, well, I know Faz did with the Rams. Yes, but Alabama, we were talking how historical they were, and what, and then it came to the biggest game of the season, and the Rams were shut down, and Alabama was blown out by Clemson. So maybe is part of this just the coverage leading up into these big moments to where we overrate, and just the hot takes that are spit out on on a daily basis from people that aren't involved in Vegas that sort of skew the lines. I gotta be honest, Jonas is coming on strong. That is a
3: hot or a strong take, not a hot take. That is a strong. <laughs> I think you're right. I think the reality is that, that listen, we're lucky. I think one of the biggest advantages straight out of Vegas has is we are a one-hour show. There's never a time that we don't have extra at the end. little bit more. George Costanza, I'm out of here, <laughs> right? And to me – that uh, If you're doing three hours, I don't care who you are, you're probably going to be led down a few paths that are like, hmm, that doesn't stand up too well to, to, to hindsight. So I think in general, if we said, yeah, Alabama, you know, this too it looks pretty good. He's probably one of the 10 or 12 best quarterbacks we've had in the last five years. That's not how you lead a site. I mean, imagine, <laughs> you know, the old joke about the green ETs, right? It'd be like, up next, we think we have one of the dozen best quarterbacks of the last two seasons potentially playing this Thursday. Back in a minute. <laughs> it do, it, that doesn't draw you in. So I think it's the Jonas is making, you know, and here's the thing Jonas is a product of the sports industrial complex. He's almost like, the, he's almost like the perfect love child <laughs> of the sports industrial complex, and he's in the guts of it. He's in the belly of the beast. It's almost like a correspondent. We're in <laughs> Vegas, and we're safe, and he's telling us, hey, I see what's happening around here. I listen to other talk radio. I think the hype machine, because you're right. It is kind of weird. The Rams were one of the best teams we've ever seen. After a couple weeks, Fez believed it. And then it was like, oh, Alabama's one of the best teams we've ever seen. And now, lo and behold, Duke's one of the best teams we've ever seen. Golden State might be justifiably, but they've been... How can every freaking year... In a six-month span. Jonas, (laughs) that's the star of the day right there, baby. In one minute, we'll finish up on Michigan State and keep going through the rest
6: of the game. That's coming up next, but for all the latest from around the world of sports, it's Steve DeSager.
5: The Detroit Lions are signing running back C.J. Anderson to a one-year deal. It was just with the Rams last season. Jacksonville signed running back Alfred Blue. The Bears re-signed linebacker Aaron Lynch. The Steelers officially released safety Morgan Burnett. The Browns today traded defensive end Emmanuel Ogba to Kansas City for safety Eric Murray. Kentucky basketball gives coach John Calipari ex- essentially a lifetime deal. He has reportedly accepted it. Now, the athletics at Davis first came out with the news that there was a rich offer from UCLA, and yes, they got information saying, do you want to interview? And Kentucky said, sure, go ahead and interview with UCLA, secretly knowing they'll never be offered offer what we offer, and Calipari listened. He said no to the rich offer. I want to stay at Kentucky. And now ESPN says Calipari's reached agreement with Kentucky. Belmont basketball coach Rick Bird retired after 33 years at that school. In the NBA, we have nine games tonight, including at the top of the hour, Detroit at Indiana. Pacers have lost three straight. Blake Griffin of the Pistons is out with a sore knee. Andre Drummond, player of the week in the East. The Heat starting up in an hour at Boston. Miami Heat record 38-38, but they're eighth in the Eastern Conference. Conference. Half game ahead of now Red Hot Orlando. Portland guard Damian Lillard, Western Conference Player of the Week. Portland at Minnesota later. Dallas will be hosting Philadelphia. Mavs rookie Luka Doncic, doubtful with a bruised thigh. And ruining a home opener well in Pittsburgh and Cleveland now. The two day games in Major League Baseball. First saw St. Louis come back to win in 11 innings at Pittsburgh 6-5. The Cards had trailed 4-0 early. Scored in the 11th on a pass ball. Good start from Pittsburgh's Chris Archer. Five scoreless innings, eight strikeouts. But eventually in the sunny and cold temps. St. Louis takes it. Meanwhile, sunny and 37 in Cleveland. They shoveled all the snow off the field for the home opener. Mike Clevenger was sensational as the Indian starter against the White Sox had a 1-0 lead, allowing just one hit in seven innings, 12 strikeouts, and yet the White Sox score three off the bullpen in the eighth. It's now White Sox 3-1 at Cleveland, bottom of the eighth inning. And two DL moves, or as it's now known, IL moves from the Yankees, who start up in a minute hosting Detroit. Giancarlo Stanton to the injured list with a strained biceps. And infielder Miguel Andujar to the IL with a strained shoulder. Guys, back to you.
6: Thanks, Steve. Straight out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. Coming up in 12 minutes from now here on FSR, we will have best bets your chance to make a little bit of cash on a Monday night. I'm Jonas Knox, the voice of you, the fans. He's the voice of Vegas, R.J. Bo.
3: I got to be honest. We're not afraid to be critical of other shows, even on FSR, with love. But let's give credit where credit's due. Great April Fool's joke on Clay Travis today. Did you see this, Jonas? I did not. Uh, our, our uh, boss Scott was in on it. Apparently, on Friday, uh, Clay was talking. He hated Dodger Dogs, right? So then they got they said, "Hey, we got a huge buy from the maker of Dodger Dogs," and you know they came in for like 200k <laughs> or whatever. So they they had him do a read, and you know he's doing the read and going, you know. From Blank and Blank Farms, he goes the freshest, and he goes and the wonderful world-famous Dodger Dogs, and then one of the producers jumped in on the mic and said, uh, "But Clay, I thought you said you didn't like Dodger Dogs." He goes, "Oh no, no, you're mistaken." But he he thought it was all legit. (laughs) Well done. He kept reading it. Oh, it it was pretty funny. I gotta, I gotta say, it's uh, worth a listen on the podcast.
8: Certainly, he can present a bill for such services. After all, we are not communists.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And Clay did say, now listen, i got to be honest, I didn't love this, but he said, pay me enough, I'll say anything. That's what Clay Travis said.
6: Guys, the final four is set. Coming up this Saturday, we've got Virginia versus Auburn, which is the first game of the doubleheader, followed by Michigan State versus Texas Tech. Yeah,
3: so finishing up with Michigan State, I was listening to um, our colleague Doug Gottlieb on – Dan Patrick, and they were talking about uh, Michigan Michigan State's Winston being the guy that maybe if there's a minute left and you're tied, you want to have the ball in this whole tournament at this point.
7: Yeah. I mean, he's proven that he just became the first Michigan state player in the NCAA tournament to have 20 points and 10 boards and really was the player of that game. Coach K after the game said, Hey, that's the best guard we played against all year. So not an NBA lottery type pick, but if you're looking for a a true blue first team, all American third, fourth year type of player, this is the guy. And once
3: again, back to where we did disagree with, Clay show the idea of looking at Kentucky and saying, "Oh, all these first rounders, but where's just the one paltry title?" And I say that with a little irony because winning any title is an amazing thing. When did Ohio State win their last basketball title? Sixties, sixty-one. Right. I think Bobby Knight in sixty. I think right. I'm I'm not sure of that, but I think so. So to me, it strikes me that. We we have this human nature. Mike Lombardi talks about this. We want to make these teams almost like old-school rotisserie teams, just acquire as much talent as possible. And to me, the fact that college basketball in the modern era isn't about that as much as it is teamwork, for all the old-school guys that lament and lament all the changes in sports, it seems like we should be embracing that a Michigan State that, that won't necessarily have or doesn't have any one and donors is there. Izzo, best coach last? Well, I guess his tech coach getting a lot of love, but certainly the most experienced. Final Four is a whole different experience Got to upgrade Michigan State just because they've got Izzo, because it's so unlike any other college basketball event.
7: Yeah, and and Tom Izzo, eight Final Four appearances now. The three other coaches combined, zero. If you're not factoring that into your handicap when you're doing Michigan State, Texas Tech, you're certainly missing the boat. I think it's worth probably a point or so RJ
3: significant factor factor is positive with all Wow eighth time versus zero zero mm-hmm. and zero when we come back we'll keep it going baby finish up a review of what happened no by the way any games on TV tonight we'll tell you all you need to know
6: that's coming up next he's RJ Bell I'm Jonas Knox and this is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio
1: I'm RJ Bell. We're straight out of Vegas.
6: And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of You, the fan. We continue to take a look back at the Elite Eight in the NCAA tournament, and we go to Texas Tech, who is on to the Final Four after a 75 69 win over Gonzaga this weekend. I can't lie, Brad. I felt
3: uh, I had a I think <laughs> premonition might be the word on this one.
6: Do you know how some people get premonitions? I'm one of them.
3: I felt like that even though the computers say beating this bad team by 30 is the same as beating this good team by four, I don't think it gets you ready for the tournament. And once again, you even go back to the the great UNLV-TARC teams, the one year they did win it, but if you actually look at Tark's teams in the Final Four in general, underperformed in tournaments. and the best team in the history of college basketball, many believe, was next year's team that didn't even win a title. Um, a lot of rumors around town that was a fixed game, by the way. But <laughs> there are. There are serious people that believe that. But all that being said, that'll be a good show in June we'll talk about. But all that being said, give us an example of a team in a crabby conference winning by 30 that, that, tends, that, that, that wins the title, that overperforms. I don't have
7: one for you, RJ. But somehow, someway, Gonzaga was your favorite team entering this tournament. Well, I mean, it was also had to do with their non-conference where they played teams like Duke. It was Duke's only loss for a while with Zion uh, in the lineup for that one. Uh, they also played Tennessee, North Carolina. So it was their non-conference looking at them there. But it's
3: just playing those every – like if yeah. you sit back, it's like um, Brock Lesnar as a wrestler, right? If you got six weeks to get ready for one match – it's different than when Rick Flair used to do 8 matches a week, <laughs> you know, with a two on Sunday. Yeah. All yeah. right, so what did you see in the game?
7: Well, I mean, it was a game with the, the number 1 offense in the country, Gonzaga, beating up on those cream puffs against the number 1 defense in the country, Texas Tech. And for the first 25-30 minutes of the game, it was played at a pace that was, you know, I would say preferred by Gonzaga. Last 10-12 minutes, that defense of Texas Tech was about as good as I've seen in all of college basketball this year. Mark Few, he's the Gonzaga head coach, says that's about as good as defense as I've seen, and he's been doing it now 20-plus years. So Texas Tech defensively elite. And we'll be talking about their coach,
3: his pedigree, pretty amazing the rest of the
6: week we'll take a look at another team advancing to the final four coming up here in just a moment want to let you know we are brought to you by mako you might not be able to get a new car with your tax refund but you can make your car feel like it's brand new all it needs is a great paint job come into mako today and get your dream paint job during their tax season sales event it took overtime for the lone number one seed in the final four virginia on saturday but they are on to the final four after an 80 to 75 win over purdue
3: Yeah, so this was one, let's be honest, Brad, we'd be having a very different conversation right now. It was, Fez, I'm going to give you just uh, 30 seconds because I'm sure you've got all these theories about... The way that that end the game should have been played. <laughs> Who made the biggest mistake at the end of that Virginia game?
4: Well, I'd argue that a mistake wasn't made. That Virginia was up by was down by three against Purdue, and a lot of coaches let you take the three to force overtime. But Purdue did not. They fouled, which is what the analytics guys love. And Virginia made the first free throw and missed the second free throw as they're supposed to. The ball goes loose. And Supposedly,
3: that player said he didn't try to miss it.
4: Yes. And bottom line is Virginia got very, very fortunate to go to overtime. And heck, in overtime, they covered minus four and a half. A crazy cover.
3: But, Brad, what was interesting is we've got a bat, which on one hand, you got to pick four teams. Yep. And I got every other team. And you gave me four to one odds. Yep. 250 to win a thousand is the bat. Right here on live national radio. Your
7: four teams: Virginia, Kentucky, Duke, Gonzaga. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, Ho- hold on. Ver- Kentucky gone. Yeah, good. Virginia okay, And? Duke
3: gone. Gonzaga gone. Mm-hmm. So if Virginia would have lost this game, what do you think at the high at the high point of Virginia losing? What was the odds of them losing? Fez, eighty two percent. The I you know how much fun I would have had this week? I would have just randomly <laughs> been at telling Jonas about various scenarios and go, Oh yeah, but even <laughs> if that happens, I'll you know, Brad owe me a thousand. Now would you have paid just right away? Or oh, hope, hope maybe some of some disaster happened <laughs> oh, and they canceled yeah. the tournament. I would have paid him. That, that's actually what yeah. the teams do. <laughs> yeah, or I'm sorry, what the sports books do, though. Yeah, no, that's true. No way. Hey Fez, we got forty seconds. Dave Essler, pregame pro, he's been winning since Moses was in short pants, I like to say. He disagrees with you on this one. He just taxed me to
4: reinforce it. But you like a baseball game. Bonus pick. Yeah, so Essler is on San Francisco on the run line plus one and a half. I am on the Dodgers laying the one and a half runs Here's my handicap, RJ. The Dodgers have scored 42 runs in their four games. The Giants have scored five runs. Now, I don't want to overreact to four games, but so often when a season starts and a team is not hitting across the board like the Giants are not hitting, it becomes mental. (gasps) We got to press. We got to do something different. And because of that, I think the Giants are going to continue to struggle to score runs. I'm on the Dodgers minus one and a half.
3: Now, is this the first game of the series? Yes. Oh, see. I don't like it. If it was in the middle of a series against the same pitchers, same relievers, but it feels like this is a chance to spring free from that bad opening series. I'm going to side with Asler In fact, I'm going to quickly press the green button. <laughs> we got a $100 bet on it. Sounds good.
6: The Odd Couple is up next here on Fox Sports Radio. We are straight out of Vegas, back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
1: Straight out of Vegas!